0: I think it's obvious to everyone that knows us that my family loves to dress up for Halloween. Although I am, uh, if I'm being totally transparent, after so many years of doing it, with uh, the the expectations every year uh, that we would have a great costume because it's sort of expected of us. Uh, the expectations have of having a great costume are kind of stressful every year. One that gets a lot of people's attention was when Kelly and I dressed up as uh, Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers, she was Dolly, and I was Kenny Rogers. And um, the thing about that was so cool, uh, when I showed up at our church, it wasn't at this church, it was at the one I served before here, I showed up for the trunk or Treat, and uh, one of the members of my church... An older lady, um, and of course I'm dressed up like Kenny, I've got a white beard on, you know, my hair's white and I've got a hat on. I don't look bald because i got a hat on. And here comes this older lady of my church comes up, oh, welcome to our church, we're so glad that you're here. She had no idea that she was talking to her pastor and that was really cool. But it made me feel good to know that, that she was welcoming, you know, visitors to the church. But it gets stressful, and with two kids grown up now and out of the home, and of course, Abigail is a full-fledged teenager, and we never know, does she want to participate in the family Halloween costume, or does she want to do her own thing? So um, it gets harder every year. But we still do love to dress up, and the hardest part is coming up with an idea, okay? Coming up with something that is new and different that that we haven't done, and that hasn't been overdone by other people, um, and something also that people will recognize, because the, the challenge would be, well, come up with something really unique and different, but it's so obscure, nobody knows what it is. It has to be something they'll recognize, and so uh, we, do, we try to do that, and, and it has to be something that's doable. Because we like to create our own costumes from scratch as much as possible. So, you know, it can't be something that's going to be so expensive that it would uh, break the budget. But once we have the right idea, we may even research the characters a little bit to understand them. You remember a few years ago, we dressed up as Popeye and olive oil. And um, as we were doing that, uh, we spent several nights together as a family watching old Popeye cartoons just sort of see what they look like, kind of imagine what they would sound like in the characters. I, I even got curious, why did Popeye love spinach so much? What was that all about? And I found out that the original uh, creator of the cartoon wanted to encourage kids to eat healthier. And so he came up with this hero that finds his super strength by eating spinach. And uh, it it worked. Some data shows that kids' consumption of spinach increased by one-third during the peak of that cartoon's popularity. Of course, we all know that the characters that we dress up as during Halloween are just make-believe. No matter how much we delve into it or try to get into the character. When we take off the mask, we become ourselves again. Halloween is just pretend. But what we do during Halloween, pretending to be someone else for the night, it's a good good illustration of a mystery of human behavior that Jesus warned us about. Jesus warned his followers many times not to be like the hypocrites. You know what a hypocrite is. We talk about that sometimes in the church, and we talk about it and we associate it with the church, and it has become a churchy word. Sometimes we use it in the church, and sometimes people outside the church like to call people in the church hypocrites. In Jesus' day, hypocrite was a Greek word. It came from Greek culture. In Greece, people loved to watch plays in theater. And the actors in the play were known as hypocrites. We call them actors today. But in the ancient Greece, they called them hypocrites. That's what they were. They were hypocrites. The actors in the play would put on costumes or masks and pretend to be characters from Greek mythology. And the actors would... Act out the great mythological stories of ancient Greece. Hypocrites pretended to be other people in order to tell the story. And that's fine if you are an actor in a play or if you're dressing up for Halloween. But we shouldn't be like hypocrites in real life. This is the theme that Jesus touches on again and again throughout the sixth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew in his Sermon on the Mount. Today we're just going to read the first four verses of chapter 6, Matthew 6, 1 through 4. Jesus said, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do it as the hypocrites do blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The people of Jesus' day, as Christians today, inherently knew that righteous people do good deeds, including giving charity to people in need. Throughout the Old Testament, God instructed people to give to help people in need. And it's important to point out, Jesus assumed his followers would give to the needy, in. You'll notice, if when we read the scripture, Jesus didn't say, if you give to the needy. He said, when you give to the needy. So the assumption there is that you will do this. You will give to the needy, you will help those in need. And when you do it, and then he explains. In Jesus' day, important, wealthy people, both Romans and Jews in Israel, made a big deal and big displays when they gave out money to the poor. Roman officials would often erect monuments to commemorate their giving. One Roman official that I learned about recently had a record of all the money and all the good things that he had done carved into a stone wall in a city where he governed. The record of his righteousness is still preserved in ancient ruins to this day. You can go and you can read about all of the different things that he did 2,000 years ago. Sometimes wealthy religious leaders in Israel would stand on street corners and have trumpets blown to get everyone's attention while they handed out charity to the poor. Everyone in the neighborhood would hear the trumpets blowing and they would know that this person was a righteous and generous person and they were giving Their assistance to the needy in that moment as the trumpets blew. But Jesus said, Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. It feels good to be admired by others. And a fact of life in the modern world is, I mean, sometimes you got to toot your own horn. Which, by the way, comes from Jesus' words in the Scripture. But sometimes in the world we live in, you've got to toot your own horn. In order to succeed as a business or as an individual, you have to sort of market yourself. If you've ever made out a resume in order to get a job, if you've ever gone to a job interview, you know you have to... Show your potential employer that you are worthy of the position to which you are applying. You may be competing against other good candidates. You have to show your next boss that you're the best choice for the job. So you sort of have to toot your own horn. And that's okay. Jesus, even Jesus said... Let your good deeds shine forth before people so that they glorify your Father in heaven. Matthew chapter 5 verse 16. He said you're to be like a city on a hill. You're to be seen from miles. You'll be like a, a light. Don't hide your light, he said. Let it shine forth and bring glory to God. So what Jesus is saying though here in this chapter is don't Pretend to be something you're not. Don't pretend to be righteous and holy like the religious leaders on the street corners, blowing horns so everyone will look at them and think. Now there is a truly godly person. That one's really righteous. You know God loves them. Look how good they are. Jesus says, don't be like that. You see, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders in Israel where Jesus lived, they were hypocrites. They pretended to be righteous. They did such a good job of acting. They fooled a lot of people. People believed that they were holy, they were righteous. They looked good on the outside, but they were rotten and evil on the inside. They cared more about what people thought of them than what God thought. Their charitable giving was done to win people's favor. And this helped them stay in power and it protected their positions of authority and their income. In fact, when the Son of God, Jesus, came to the religious leaders, they rejected Him. They didn't care about God they didn't care about people and their needs. They only cared about themselves. What was worse, not only did they lie to people and make them believe that they were holy, they also lied to themselves. And they believed themselves. They believed their own lie. They believed that they were holy And that God must love them more than anyone else. And they were so blind by their own lie, they couldn't recognize it. When God himself came to them, they couldn't see it. And they crucified him. We have to be very careful. Because we want to believe we are good people. Who are holy. We want to believe we deserve God's blessings. We should know better. Because if we look inside our hearts, we can easily see we are often very selfish. We're often very petty. Often very sinful. Even so, we want to believe we deserve some kind of divine reward. Because we're so good. When we believe our own lies, when we believe we are good, we are blinded to how desperate we need God's salvation and merciful grace. Jesus wants us to do good. He wants us to give to the needy and to glorify God. But Jesus doesn't want these habits to be a way that we lie to ourselves and to others. Be very careful. Because when you make a big show of doing good or giving to the needy, you could become like an actor, a hypocrite, who is putting on a show pretending to be good. Impurity in your heart can sneak in and poison your motives to where you don't even care about the person you're trying to help. You're just showing off for others to see, wearing a mask, pretending to be someone you're not. Since we are prone to believe our own lies, that we are good, that we deserve God's favor, and that people ought to look up to us, We need a way to protect ourselves from ourselves. First of all, realize that you are not good. Realize you are a sinner who desperately needs God's grace. You don't deserve anything from God. Every good blessing that you have received is a gift given by God in spite of your sin. Second, give anonymously sometimes. Now, I'm not saying you've got to always give anonymously. It's okay. And it's okay to get a receipt if you go down to Providence Ministries and you turn in some some good for a tax deduction. That's okay. We we always here at the church when we people give we all, every year at the end of the year we, we give a giving statements and you can turn that into your taxes and you can get a little tax break when you do that and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that at all, but don't make it a habit of making a big show every time you give. Make sure you're giving for the right reasons to help the needy, to show compassion not in order to show how awesome you are. Do it for the glory of God and to help people that are in need. And I also want to challenge you to at least sometimes, maybe even often, as a way to keep yourself in check, give absolutely anonymously. As Jesus said, don't let your left hand know What your right hand is doing. And then what the Lord sees done in secret. He will reward you. Let us pray together. Father I thank you for your son Jesus Christ. Who despite our sin. Loved us enough. To come down. Leaving the glory of heaven. To be here in our broken world. Though we didn't deserve it. He gave the most precious gift that he could give, his own life, which he laid down willingly in the most painful way on the cross. Thank you, Father, for this gift that has made such a difference in our life. It has opened up the way to salvation and eternal life for us, for those of us who trust in his name. Thank you. Help us, O Lord, to be filled with compassion and love, To love people just as Christ has loved us. Not because we deserve it, but because we need it. Help us to love others that same way. Help us to love and to do good and to give freely and generously. Not in order to win favor from you or from people, but because people are in need. And we want to love them. Father God, we ask that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. We can live like Christ did. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen.